welcome to the joyfulness broadcast it's been a while here i have today the lovely melanie taylor and i'll tell you a bit about melanie before we start so melanie is the chief energy officer and author of success on purpose in just four short years melanie has helped hundreds of professionals on the verge of burnout discover the easy ways of reclaiming balance and success in life she is now a highly sought after speaker on this topic. Welcome, Melanie. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. I'm very grateful. Awesome. Well, you had a really cool topic idea. Do you want to say whatever comes to mind about that? Yeah, I thought I'd talk about turning guilt into joy. Because people think that we're just, you know, some people are just happy. Some people are just joyful um, and some people just, you know, don't worry much about things in life. But I know from my experience, I was the absolute opposite. I was an intense worrier. <laughs> I feel, felt lots of fear. I felt lots of guilt. I felt lots of shame. Um, and I was, yeah, quite sad, actually, quite quite depressed. I had moments, of course, when I felt good, but then uh, there was a lot of sadness there. And I actually did a post on my Facebook page last on Friday, uh, Thursday of last week saying um, that through the sadness is actually where you find the happiness. And we have, I feel like we have a bit of a syndrome in society where everyone says, just be positive, just be positive. <laughs> uh, but actually we have emotions that are underneath the surface that needs addressing because uh, emotion is energy in motion and it needs to move. So when we actually can honour our emotions, uh, our guilt, those, <laughs> those feelings that are there, we can actually allow them to move off. Um, and then we teach our brain to make these higher vibrating emotions of love, peace, joy. So as you know, it's all about the, um, the map of consciousness. <laughs> it's all about, um, you know, Dr. David Hawkins' work uh, and releasing those lower density emotions. Um, and the one I like to talk about the most is guilt because mm. guilt is the one that's it's just, it's, it's the second most densest emotion. Um, it's just above shame. Um, and of course, when we want to receive anything in life and take ourselves to the next level, what comes up the most? is guilt right. and so guilt is a quite a, a high a low vibrating emotion that can actually paralyze us from taking action to move forward so i always say to people that uh, you'll always have guilt <laughs> guilt will always be there but you're actually able to love it to the light so it doesn't actually stop you from from making steps from from moving forward uh, and getting the results that you want oh cool you said a lot of good points there. There's a lot to go on. Um, well, first of all, you said, uh, I'm interested, you, you, you called guilt the densest emotion. Could you expand on what you mean by density? Are you talking about like, kind of that's like really heavy on heavy. us? Or, yeah, you know? heavy, yeah. So, so it's the second most densest. So shame is, is the most heaviest emotion. So I suppose um, it's the, it's, so with the, the, the laws of vibration, so the energies that move fast or energies that move slow, basically guilt moves quite slow. Um, and so when we're full of guilt, 
we don't have much energy uh, and we can feel very heavy. And I know that uh, when I was young, I felt very heavy. I didn't actually have the energy of a child and the joy and because um, I, I had lots of guilt and I suppose feeling guilt about, you know, a lot of things in life. Um, so that's basically in a nutshell <laughs> what yeah. the guilt about um, and it's not it's learning not to judge these emotions because they're very important um, for us to bring up and release because otherwise they get stuck in ourselves uh, and then over time they cause well disease mm. well that brings to the other thing you said the interesting one the the like obsession with <coughs> sorry positive thinking like there's a lot of just think positive you just got to think positive without necessarily addressing the you know, icky, icky stuff that's part of being human, like guilt and shame. And uh, is, is that correctly? Is, is that what I heard correctly? So we have to, to get to joy, we have to go through, not escape from it is basically the gist of it. Well, no, it's not, yeah, it's not escape from it, but it's actually, oh, what are these emotions here to teach me? What is the shame? What is the guilt? What is the fear? What is the anger? Because as we're able to go into those emotions, we find a beautiful little person on the side, uh, which is actually our inner child. So these emotions were actually taught and learned by our body in the past. Um, and because we don't really get taught how to grieve for things or how to feel our way through life, these emotions actually stay stuck and they stay repressed and suppressed within us. Uh, but as I said earlier, emotion is energy emotion, so it wants to move. So it, it comes up, um, but because we don't have the tools to, or, or, or the ability to recognise them and release them, we tend to just keep them there. And also a positive <laughs> syndrome in society saying, don't be angry, don't be shameful, don't be guilt. And so we just leave them there and then they just boil away and boil away until we have... Um, well, different things happen in our life. Like I call it the stress pot where then... These are, they're there to be addressed, but we don't know how to. So we just keep suppressing them and it just keeps creating so much chaos in our life mm. um, because it actually wants us to go in um, our body. Our higher self wants us to address these emotions so that we can, um, it's, it's about learning to love ourselves unconditionally. Mm. <laughs> so we can love our shadow side of ourselves, start to love our I'm not good enough so that then we can transform it to, to, to being good enough basically and find new parts of ourselves, and I'm not saying this this journey is easy by any means um, because we have to start to step out of our comfort zone uh, and then find new parts of ourselves that we didn't know were there and yeah I'm a very good example of that because now uh, my biggest fear was public speaking so back years ago when I was nursing I remember having a conversation with one of my colleagues who was going to speak at a conference and I was just in absolute awe of her. I said, oh, my God, that's amazing because I was so shy and quiet. I, I, I felt very fearful in talking to more than two people. And she was going to do this, this conference and, you know, and speak in, in front of hundreds of people. And I actually said to myself, uh, well, and out loud, I said I'd rather die than do public speaking. And this was a moment when I actually... I felt and I, I saw those words come out of my mouth and I just, something came over me and I thought, that's not okay. You can't, you can't, you can't let that fear 
stop you from taking action in life and living life, you know, more fulfilling and more, more, more on, on purpose, I suppose. So I actually said to myself, that's not okay anymore. You can't use that story and hide from those fears. Uh, and particularly because I was working in palliative care, I knew that a lot of my patients would have, you know, a lot of them were my age and they were younger and they would have given anything to have the opportunities that I had. So I started to take steps and started to, yeah, come, come out of my, my comfort zone um, and work on my limiting beliefs that I had about myself because I had a lot of limiting beliefs. I'm not good enough. Uh, fear of speaking up uh, and then I actually joined a Toastmasters group so I started doing some public speaking and it was frightening <laughs> <laughs> but you know what they say your, your greatest yeah is your greatest strength and so now through that process of learning to do public speaking I built so much self-love and now I'm really proud of myself and I look at what I'm doing now and I go, oh my God, I never would have thought years ago that I'd be doing what I am now. And so it allows me to be more excited about life, more joyful about life. <laughs> so I actually found this joy through my fears. Mm. That's amazing. Well, so maybe some listeners might be wondering how, how did you address the, how did you kind of go through that? So you became conscious that you, you heard yourself say that I'd rather die than, and you, you kind of became conscious that that's a bit absurd, but then, so how did you go about changing that? And you also mentioned limiting beliefs. Did you, what kind of method did you use to help transform those? Well, I was actually working with a mentor at the time. Uh, so she would do subconscious work and inner child work. <coughs> go back um, into the past and find those times where you took on those belief systems. So they're what's called neuronets, basically, uh, because those neuronets are just firing. Um, and of course, your subconscious mind wants to be right and keeps you safe. So when you're lucky, and I'm not good enough, it starts to create more, okay, well, I'll, I'll give you more, I'm not good enough, because it wants to be right and keep you safe in that reality. So I did, yeah, lots of work with her and also her husband as well um, in starting to identify these times in my life where I took on these limiting beliefs um, and then starting to love myself forward. So starting to love that, that, that inner child within. Um, so I started to feel, feel safe around um, in stepping into I am good enough and identifying, well, what does that look like? I don't know. I've been so attached to I'm not good enough forever. And also the biggest breakthrough ever for me was a daily practice of deep breathing. Mm. It was the magic pill I've been looking for my whole life. I was, I had a very quite extreme anxiety. So I used to feel that sick feeling in my stomach every day. And I actually got sick of it. And I thought, I just can't deal with this anymore. And so I was doing a bit of self-discovery, which before I wrote my book, I was, I was starting to question what is the purpose of life? And I started to, I was brought up a Catholic um, and a lot of the things about Catholicism, I didn't actually, I started to question that all this about God and, and, and sinning and, and all of that. And I thought, well, it doesn't really make sense to me because I feel like God is this unconditionally loving presence um, that actually doesn't judge you, <laughs> that loves you no matter, you know, who and what you are. And so, um, yeah, and then I started looking into Hinduism um, and then 
Buddhism, and then I came to Brahma Kumaris. So it was a, a Hindu practice, and I did a six-week course and learned all about that. And something clicked in me where I thought, this is my answer, deep breathing. I, I started to understand that that's what stretches the vagus nerve in our body, so in our diaphragm which sends a message to our brain to induce this relaxation response, which is called the, which is the parasympathetic nervous system. So I decided it was the 1st of September and I thought, right, I'm going to do this every day for five minutes. I'm going to do a practice of deep breathing. And it was very difficult because my body was very wired to stress and busy and doing. So just sitting there some days was incredibly challenging, mm. uh, but I was committed. I'm, I've got a lot of stubborn in me, which was good. So I was committed to my cause and I'm going to make this happen. And so I did. So a lot of resistance came up throughout the way. But then as I started to go through, then I started to, and I got to the, the 30 days um, and it was like absolute magic. That mm. For two hours after I did my deep breathing, I had no anxiety. And for me, that was absolutely massive. So from then on, I was convinced. <laughs> and then so that's where I, I kept going. And then I started to understand the science a whole lot more behind it. Um, that, you know, what's our number one requirement that we need in life is oxygen. <laughs> you know, how much oxygen do we give ourselves when we're stressed? None. And I realised that I wasn't breathing properly. I didn't know how to breathe properly. No one teaches you how to breathe properly. And I realized that I was breathing from the top of my chest. Uh, and then slowly I started to allow my lungs to inflate, to use more oxygen, which then goes to your brain. So then I started to feel, oh my God, this feels amazing. I call it the Valium. <laughs> it was like that Valium, that magic pill. Um, yeah. And so then I was convinced. And so I started doing that working with my mentor, working on my breathing as well. So starting to teach my body how to relax. Um, and then I started to learn not, not to judge myself because I realized that's what kept me paralyzed in fear was the judgment of myself that, you know, how people, how you present, how you, you know, you do public speaking. And I always thought, well, I couldn't do it because I don't look, you know, I'm not, I'm not perfectly put together like other people. But then I realised I just had to do it my way. So I kept taking actions, which then started to rewire my brain in the new, I suppose, love-based uh, emotion, so into this parasympathetic nervous system. So the thing is, is that you, you can't just keep moving these belief systems. You actually have to take action as well because that's what builds um, the new neuropathways in your brain. So... Yeah, over time, quite a journey. Um, and then just, yeah, getting out of my comfort zone and doing talks and things. And then something come more from my heart, more than my head. Uh, and just learning, well, who am I? And doing it my way rather than in a perceived way that other people think is the right way. No, yeah, it's awesome. What a lovely story. So it started from five minutes of breathing a day. I mean, that's that's really easy, right? Anyone could do that. You said there was a lot of resistance at the start. Is it right to say that at the start was where it was the most difficult, but then it kind of became, no. No, no, God, no. So um, so this is what I, I teach people <laughs> is <laughs> to do day habits because that's what changes the feedback loops. So the habit loops in our brain. Mm. But when you start, because you, what you're basically doing is you, you, you're reprogramming your brain and your body to love. 
but we're actually more invested in fear and I'm not good enough. So that part of us comes in the subconscious sabotage where, you know, you can create all sorts of dramas so that you will actually stop yourself from doing it. And I always find that even now I still do daily practice, uh, 30 day habit cycles. And even now at day seven, I feel resistance. Day 15, I feel resistance. Uh, and then day 21, I feel resistance. So that's why a lot of people, uh, New Year's resolutions, things like that. Like how often do you hear people with a New Year's resolution and they might go along and do it for seven days? And then they forget or something happens and then they might start again. Oh, I'll just, I'll start next month. So then they start again going to the gym, eating well, whatever. They have all good intentions, but then the sub, sub, subconscious sabotage comes in and the next thing they find themselves, they haven't done it. Then they'll go, oh, well, I'll do it next year. <laughs> and so then nothing actually changes. And that's because... Um, our subconscious mind, so Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about how that is controlling 95% of our day, our conscious mind controlling 5%. So the more you're able to get into the subconscious mind, the part under the level that's actually driving what's happening, um, then you can actually really start to change your reality. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so you use that as a way to get into the subconscious mind, the, the breathing? Deep breathing. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I'm familiar. Your body oxygenates your brain, and so then you're more open and aware of things. So this gets your brain into theta state as well. So that slower brainwave state, mm. um, because mostly we're in beta brainwave state. So our brain's going really fast. <laughs> we, mm. You know, we go go human doings. I call it. We're human doings. Um, and then as we start to slow down, become human beings, then our brainwaves start to slow down. So then we become more aware of ourselves mm. and we can change. Mm. Well, this is actually something interesting. So, um, I, yeah, so I'm, I'm trained in psych K, which is a way to go into the subconscious. Um, and when I started, I was kind of convinced that the most effective behavioral change was you had to access the subconscious mind. Um, and reprogram your beliefs to like align with what you want. And that was the most effective way. But then I don't know, recently there's been some, if, if, so, if I'm, if I say something and there's like a disturbance in the force, if I can like sense something's not right, I'm like, there's some deeper truth here. I haven't quite reached yet. Um, <clears throat> and one of those is when I started to look into David Hawking's um, look into like, listen to more and more of his lectures and I started to become aware that um, of the power of pure consciousness itself. So if, if you know exactly how to kind of use it, it's actually a very easy way to change behavior. So he would say that a really good, rather than going willpower, a really effective way to change behavior is to just use conscious observation. So like the classic example I love that he gives is the cookies. So if you're eating like 60 cookies a day or something, then you just start to count it. So you let go of guilt, you let go of judgment, you just kind of let go of trying to change it and you just purely observe it. And by the observation, the observation itself will start to change the thing and you can change behavior that way. And that's been really interesting for me because that's shifted me from, well, I don't always have to go into the subconscious. I can actually just purely observe, just pu if I can get into that state of pure observation where I'm not 
where I'm really being the observer. I'm not trying to change anything about anything. I'm just being with everything as it is. And I just kind of use my observation to observe a thing and it begins to change automatically without me having to actually go into a subconscious reprogramming state. I, f I find that that's kind of, that's been a really effective tool as well. Cause I don't know, sometimes there's stuff that I can't quite word, but I can kind of sense that there's some sort of misalignment. So I just kind of have to step back kind of the best way to describe it, like identify with the observer and you just let things be and then automatically they begin to change. Um, I found that's quite a, I just want to throw that in there because I want to kind of get at, get to the truth, you know, I want to get to the truth. So I found that that's a good, really good way to change your behavior as well. And you don't necessarily need any, um, any access to the subconscious. You're just using pure power of conscious awareness itself, but without, but correctly, because most people go about it with willpower. So like, but willpower implies that you want to change something that you're not okay with how it is now. Whereas pure conscious awareness is just, I'm like, everything's fine as it is now. I'm just going to observe it. You kind of hold the intention and then that takes care of it without you having to do anything. I mean, isn't that magical? Um, I don't, he, um, a, a really good one for this is weight loss. So rather than trying to lose weight, you just kind of observe the behavior. You hold the intention yeah, um, you might hold your body, the body that you want in like a joyful way. So you kind of envision your body in a joyful manner, hold that intention. Don't do absolutely don't do anything. Don't do any diets or anything. You just hold that intention, just purely observe and it begins to automatically change. I mean, I think that's, that's absolutely amazing and magical and it's cool to. It is, but you are getting into your subconscious mind because when you're not judging, you're changing those feedback loops. So rather than going down to the shame, you, you stop judging it. So then you, your brain starts to make more loving-based emotions, which then allows you to, to make different choices. Mm. Because all we're invested in is our addictions to our emotions. Right. Right. Yes. Ah, I see what you're saying. So by going... So that, yeah. So I do that with clients as well. So I've had people that want to give up alcohol... Uh, yeah, weight is a big one as well. Um, even smoking, things like that. I say, I want you to do it and enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason that they're doing it is because they're more invested in the shame and then they get to berate themselves later. They get to judge themselves. So when they stop judging themselves, they stop secreting the shame into their body. Then they start to come more to love. So then they start to create to have di and they're like oh i didn't feel like a cigarette today and i'm like yeah isn't that amazing because <laughs> <laughs> they stopped judging them because the, the addiction is the shame it's, it's those lower vibrating emotions that our body gets a massive chemical hit from oh well that's a that's a big point so you're not actually addicted to the substance itself but the emotional juice <laughs> the, yeah, the ju yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, okay cool so when you kind of move away from that automatically you're saying that you kind of start to rewire things just by moving away from that yes like as you beautifully said being the observer hmm. so then when you're being the observer then that just goes to the next level doesn't it where you're like what would i usually do in this oh, i would usually just stuff those cookies in my mouth <laughs> and you're like oh 
So it's like you slow down so that then you have conscious awareness so you can start uh, to make Okay, it's all tying together. Yes, because when you're in the state of observation, you're, you're really slowing down. What's it like in those slower brainwave states? Oh, I got you. All right, I can see how it's all tying together. Um, yeah, it is cool. Because I find, for example, it's decisions. I weigh them a lot more now than I did before. Like even to buy something, I now am aware that eventually <laughs> there's almost no point because eventually I'll have to get rid of it, you know, somehow. And that's, it's going to be more of a hassle to be honest, you know, when you have all this stuff in the house and then it like goes in the garage and then you've got to get rid of it um, eventually. But if you're actually in that slower state, you, I don't know, are you just, you just kind of become aware of that. Whereas before, if you're making like really fast paced decisions, you're like, yeah, let's get this, let's get that, let's get that. And then only later, like, oh crap, what I got, uh, where do I put this now? <laughs> yeah okay cool that's cool that's cool right yeah well let's always look at what need is this tr trying to fulfill in me so we can tend to want happiness uh and that fulfillment which we don't know how to fulfill from within so we go i'm gonna buy a new dress i'm gonna buy a new car <laughs> i'm gonna buy this because that will make me happy but really it doesn't at all because that can only come from within Mm. well that's a big point maybe we should like talk about that a bit. so you were saying how um moving away from kind of guess we have to go through guilt because we have to go through whatever's within us to find the source of joy within ourselves rather than outside of ourselves yeah so i suppose worthiness that that is related to worthiness mm. because and I suppose a big thing for me was I was always really good at looking after everybody else. <laughs> I would help anybody. I would do anything for anybody else. But really, a, a, a part of that was that I actually didn't feel worthy of time or love for myself. So as I started to step into feeling more worthiness, um, I started to obviously, you know, start a business. Then when I started a business, um, I was always watching myself that I wasn't working too hard because then that defeats the purpose of why you're doing it anyway, isn't it? To have time freedom, to be able to help people, but actually to enjoy life. Hmm. So then it was last year, actually, I started to make a new habit where I decided that I would have, well, it came clear to me that I needed to have a bit more time for myself to replenish, to have a bit more of an observer effect, be a bit more calmer. Mm. Uh, and so I decided to take Tuesday afternoons off. Mm. And so it was very interesting because I, I, a lot of guilt came up for me around that uh. <laughs> because I should be helping people, I should be working, yada, yada, yada. And so it was really interesting because as I set that intention for myself, I probably did it for, I reckon I got, I'd certainly got over the 30 days, probably for two months. But then clients started ringing me and saying, oh, Mel, can you see me Tuesday afternoon? <laughs> and then I'd start to go, oh, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, this one's okay. <laughs> so then slowly, <laughs> time started to go out. And then next thing I knew, and I didn't even realise gone back to work in Tuesday afternoons oh. <laughs> and then it wasn't until because the guilt so the guilt was actually subconsciously there which was allowing me to make the decisions to take in these you know clients again oh, I see. so I was so my body was more invested in the guilt than actually the love and the peace that I was getting from that time off for myself 
So then um, I, I study metaphysics and we have, a, you know, a group uh, workshops. And then in that, when we're evaluating the year last year, I realised that I totally sabotaged <laughs> my time for me. And so I was like, oh my goodness. So then when it came around to the start of this year, I decided that I was going to do it and I was going to make it work and fix. And so I certainly did um, because I kept stepping into more worthiness. I'm worthy of having more time for me. I'm worthy of having fun. I'm worthy of living the life that I want now rather than waiting for when. When I get more money, when I get more clients, we, we tend to look at when all my ducks are lined up, then I can have more time to myself. But the opposite is actually true. So then... Um, yeah, and so what are we in now? August. So I've done it every week for the whole year and I will continue that now. And I actually found that my energy increased. And then, of course, because my energy increased, my point of attraction increased. So then I, my business started to boom. So my business boomed not because I was working harder, <laughs> but because I was working less. <laughs> that's and that's a, a really conundrum for our brain to take on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one to throw in there with all the limiting beliefs around like working hard and stuff. Maybe that's not necessarily yeah. true. Yeah. No, because we're just a vibration. We're just a frequency. Mm. And then the more we move to an abundant frequency, the more that um, we use our power from within that we can attract all these amazing things without, without having to, to go out and work hard to get it. Mm. Yeah, power versus force. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes yeah but then that's that is yeah counterproductive to our brain that always has i'm not good enough or i'm not worthy and so we're always looking for the power outside of ourselves rather than you know from within mm. Mm. well yeah that's an interesting one i've been kind of looking at that one as well um and i've also found a lot of resistance coming up to that being like well i want to kind of build the business in the easiest way possible where people come to me and I don't have to do anything, <laughs> but then there'd be like a uh, resistance coming up, but you got to work hard and like, but then I just don't want to. And it's like, uh, <laughs> and it's all these, I find it quite fun. It's Cause then you get to sit back and you kind of just, uh, well, well, what's all this about? What's all this about? And try to, well, actually not try to do anything. Just, just, um, well, what I've been finding, interestingly recently when i would be meditating um i find that like the mind likes to latch on to literally anything and it's really good at it it's really good you know it's really it's like uh, an analogy that just came which i thought was like amazing um was like a tv show and using that analogously to our thoughts and how like in a tv show right i mean there's really no meaning to the show it's just a show and it's based on like it hooks us purely through our curiosity and through our emotions like that's how it hooks us to the next one there's like you know there's like a plot twist like oh shit i have to watch the next episode now but it's like the exact same thing with the thoughts i mean we don't realize that they don't actually mean anything but it's all imagination but like our curiosity my curiosity gets hooked and it's like well but what what happens next <laughs> what happens next even though and then i catch myself i'm like well none of this actually means anything um but I find an interesting one was trying to like resolve stuff. Like I, I was finding that my brain was trying to, or the mind was trying to resolve things. And then actually when things would get resolved uh, was when I just surrendered it. 
and then it became obvious that it's like there was nothing to resolve in the first place <laughs> um yeah that's an kind of yeah, going to the power of it that's because you took the emotion out of it mm. so then it becomes wisdom so then you can let it go ah that's a cool one <laughs> that's a cool one yeah what so mm. on the working hard thing yeah. <laughs> just from one business owner to the next the key is getting out of the doing cycle so that endless doing mm. where we I suppose it feeds us with significance because we think we're working hard. So then I'm worthy of receiving. Ah, Mm. So it's not that energy, but you still have to take action. (laughs) You still have to be take it's yeah. So it's not the endless doing, but you still have to take actions to make things happen. It doesn't just come to you. So we say in metaphysics, you can't just sit on the, (laughs) on the mountaintop with your mouth open, (laughs) waiting (laughs) for a duck flying. You actually have to take action um, to allow things because uh, it's the steps in taking the actions that allows the next step to open up, the next step to open up. And then the synchronicities uh, and then persons, places, times and events start to line up. Right. So it allows you to be the creator of your life. Mm. Well, I think the way I was thinking about it was... Uh kind of like the stories where you get into that there's a certain state where you get into and you can just hold something in mind and it happens that's more my interest i figured that's the easiest way like hawkins would say you know he'd go to the like opera whatever every single time and just like just hold in mind a car park and it'll just pop up (laughs) uh it'll just pop up out of like incredible odds every single time he just held it in mind bam it's there i think that's what i meant by (laughs) by trying to get into that state um but you still took action you still had to get into your car you mm. still had to turn it on you still had to drive so you're still taking actions for that actually to happen right okay (laughs) okay i think i i see i i think for my my main my real only interest is kind of transcendence and that's the the only interest so i like to get into that state where there isn't any action taker and everything is just happening automatically so there's no action there but there is action does that make sense well i don't think i'm there yet so you'll have to teach me (laughs) (laughs) okay well that's just kind of my interest it's it's really fun it's like for example like i'll give an example right soccer when i like when I played soccer before, um, this is something interesting. I've, I've, I've learned through my own experiences, just having some fun. I learned, so I was good at soccer before, but funnily enough, I haven't like trained or anything, but I've become a lot better, but I haven't done anything. But actually my like love of soccer has increased. So I've found directly, there's like a direct link between the love for something and how good you are at it. So with soccer, for example, now I would juggle, we keep the ball up off the ground, could do that pretty well. But then I remember I went to the park and this was after I watched a movie called Pele, which is like a really inspirational soccer movie on Netflix. Recommend it to everyone. It's amazing. It's a really well shot movie. It's not just a documentary anyway. Um, and that like kind of like reminded me of why I love soccer. And then I went to the park and I start all these moves started to happen. Like all the, it's like, dancing with the ball but it wasn't really me 
I was even surprised. I was like, where did that come from? So I like to kind of get into those states and the feet were like moving themselves. And I could, I, I watched as like, I kicked the ball up and it was kind of miraculous. I saw it as miraculous, even though I could do this stuff before I actually saw that it was happening of itself and I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> so I kicked the ball up and just as it like, the muscle memory has to be like perfect for this, but I, I didn't even consciously move my leg up. It just kind of moved my leg moved up automatically to match the ball to perfectly like caress it on my foot <laughs> and land it on the ground without like anything. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I've never, I've never seen that before. And I try to explain to people but like, what are you talking about? That's just muscle memory. But like, it's the experience of these things just happening on themselves. It's just so magical. And I suppose, I don't know if it's naive or just, I just want that same thing to happen with the business <laughs> where it just kind of, maybe it can, I'm not here to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing I get from that is you weren't thinking. Mm. You weren't in thought, you weren't trying, you were just totally in the being. Mm. That's the state that I'm constantly working on. It's just not thinking, less doing, <laughs> more being um, to allow that, I suppose, what's it within us. It's that power within us to shine through, isn't it? yeah yeah like that, that's a cool one there's actually um i have it here yeah i have a I have a stick here <laughs> i so i went to uh i just like sharing these stories they're so cool because they like throw a wrench into how people think normally um so i went to a festival have you ever seen those like stick twirlers like they like they like, like fire yeah like fire ones but there's also like just people who like move objects really beautifully and really synchronously like it's really magical to watch and i remember i went to this festival um and it was the first really big festival i went to um and as soon as i stepped through it i had this stick with me um as soon as i stepped through it i was like ah oh, i get it i was like oh, i get it and i just kind of knew how to twirl the stick i didn't even see anyone do it i just kind of i don't know something clicked i was like oh that's how you do it and i just realized that you kind of dance with the stick and I don't know. That's the only thing that came to mind. You just dance with it. And then suddenly I just started twirling the stick perfectly. I never dropped it the whole night. I'd never done it before in my life. I was like amazing people to come up to me. It was really cool. They'd be like, wow, you're so amazing. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> I'd never done it before in my life. So like, <laughs> you didn't have to train or anything. It just happened. And I twirled the stick and yeah, like I wasn't thinking or anything. I'm just dancing with it. And it was like really fun. Yeah. It was so cool. I guess, yeah, there was no thinking involved at all. No thinking involved. That's just... amazing, but you believed you could do it. So you did. Mm. You didn't have a thought to come in to go, well, I've never done this before, so how the hell am I going to do it? You just were totally in a surrendered space. Mm. That's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I like those stories. How they, they, but yeah. yeah, it's cool to try to, but then, you know, it's cool because you do that and then you can still struggle in other areas and you're like, how do I apply what that was to this area so that it's all across the board, just totally surrendered. And um, yeah, as Hawking says it really nicely, just surrender everything to God, just surrender everything. And then kind of getting to that state where everything's happening on itself. There's no, that I find that's where the joy is as well for me, where there's no thinking. There's no thinking. Um, there's just like, even if there's guilt, you kind of detach from it. You can kind of be joyous with anger. Like that's what I've noticed. Like 
you might I'd spontaneously anger might just come up about where that come from. And rather than trying to figure it out and think about it, I just kind of let it, when I let it be and just arise and go away of its own, I can still be joyous at the same time that it's coming up and it's pretty cool. So um, it's a cool topic you had in mind of kind of shifting people's perspective of joy that it's not like an outside thing. It's the way you are. That's so beautiful. I find that with sadness. Mm. So sadness and joy are, are the same for me now. So as I feel sad about something, I also feel the connection to my inner self. Like the sadness is that I've forgotten who I am. Uh, and so when I sit in the sadness and release the sadness. It's like the love comes from within and then I feel this beautiful sense of joy from within. It's like, oh, I remember who I am. I remember that, that love that's actually there. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, you're very good at not judging emotions. <laughs> A lot of practice. Well, you said, for example, that like people think that you just are happy. And I mean, that's not my experience either. Um, had to go through a lot of a lot of shit to get there <laughs> a lot of things i remember there was one particular point i was on mushrooms and there were there were literally demons on the <laughs> there were demons on the ceiling there were these demons there looking at me and i was terrified and then suddenly i realized oh there's these demons and then it was like okay and then they i don't know they just went away because i wasn't scared anymore um and it was like it became clear that what there was it was just a trigger they were triggering fear inside for me. So I could actually take ownership for that because it was my, you know, like they weren't causing anything. It was all within me. So it was my capacity within me to handle it and just let it go. Um, that was cool. But then, I mean, there's definitely worse stuff than that. I remember I had paranoia for a while, but it was, it was not too bad paranoia, not like anything horrible. There was like, and all these different things like, guilt yeah i think everyone i think my understanding is that like pretty much until you you've reached that state of total freedom there is guilt present which is really good to kind of be aware of and guilt and fear are kind of the same thing also and they kind of interweave each other so that that's that's an interesting one um but yeah so there's like a lot of you you can't go around any of the stuff in my own experience you can't go around any of the stuff that comes up you have to go through it and then that's how you that's like constant that's how constant joy is like born because you're not scared of anything anymore and whatever arises you're like that's fine um it's for my highest benefit anyway like i truly believe that anything i experience is for my like again if you're god is unconditionally loving right so that means anything that we experience is for our highest benefit so i can be like oh okay and any thought that says otherwise is just really vanity coming out of the intellect that thinks it is god and knows better um so i can be like whatever i'm experiencing is for my highest benefit so there's really nothing to worry about um and then it just becomes a fun game like before i was like I don't know, I was doing something and then suddenly I found myself emotionalizing over something and I just, I caught it and I stopped. It was really cool. I was like, oh, and then I stopped as soon as I saw it. It's, it's fun. I like it. It's fun. You get to kind of be aware of stuff and yeah, it's really fun learning all these different like limiting belief areas. It's really cool because then you get to be free of them. I mean, it's better than that. Yeah, but then you get to, because I, 
I feel that if you didn't have all these limiting beliefs or these fear-based emotions, then you wouldn't learn the skill of opening up your heart. <laughs> I feel like we just get to open up our heart more and more to more love, to ourselves, to, to not judging. Um, and then that's where I find like more of the power comes from within. And then we can, yeah, you can find joy in the simple things in life. The joy of just, just feeling. Um, the joy of being like, this is my new, my new joy, is learning how to be really present. Because like, as you were saying about meditation, like I've really made this for second COVID. I just want to be more and more present in my meditation. So then I realized so much more where I'm not present. Like those <laughs> thoughts come in left field. You're like, oh my God, what is that? It's not <laughs> so, um, yeah, but that's, yeah, I suppose it's the joy in that, in learning um, that new skill for me of actually mm -hmm. being present. Um, so, and it doesn't take much <laughs> to do that. I don't need anything outside of me. Um, to actually find that and then I get to be a deep in self-love for me because then I get to be proud of myself like oh my god I did that I didn't know I could but I did <laughs> and then so um yeah more and more power from within cool. that's a good point you made actually because like as soon as you make the like for example if someone's intention is to be their unconditionally loving self which is like a really nice nice one <laughs> to be unconditionally loving um well as soon as you like in your case you said to be present as soon as you make that intention then suddenly now you kind of draw up within you everything that's opposed to it and that's how you become that so that, that's how like all these things that come up that seem bad are actually really good they're really good signposts because you, <laughs> they're coming up to be relinquished they're coming up to really relinquish there were i like the perspective that it's all in there anyway like anything that arises within me like terror Sometimes terror arises out of nowhere. It's I'm really happy when it arises because it's always within me anyway. Now I can relinquish it because I am aware of it. I can handle it very easily. It comes up, that's it, it's gone. Whereas if I wasn't aware of it, it would have been there anyway, but I wouldn't be aware of it. And it'd be like driving my behavior, like 95% of my behavior in ways that I didn't even realize maybe. Like in the self-sabotage of the Tuesday yeah. afternoon thing for you. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I was, yeah, I was, yeah, I was blown away because I, I thought, oh, I'm good at this stuff, you know, I'm good at new habits and things. And then I went, oh my God, wow, I totally, totally sabotaged that. Mm. So there's always more areas for us to find. Yeah. yeah where we can grow more. Mm. I find that's a really good one. So what you just said, so I'm really good at this stuff. I found a subtlety. Uh, that I've recently discovered really the most like so uh, Hawking says that with total humility the ego is dissolved so really on if if I'm being honest with myself the most really the only honest thing I can do is just to be silent there's, there's actually no need to comment about anything so if I find that I'm commenting about anything then I've just caught like the ego i've caught some sort of emotional juice um from it which is a really cool one like for example i don't have to like w like wallow in my not wallow but i don't have to take uh pride in my achievements i can just kind of there's a good i was reading a book recently did this just for me um and they and he says how focus on 
all your weaknesses all the time. Kind of, that's kind of the gist that I got of it. So rather than, you know, you, if, if, if there's something cool, it's cool to like, be like, wow, I did that. But then to not linger in it and just kind of always focus on the weaknesses. And I think that's a cool, I mean, that's humility, I suppose, to just always be like focusing on what you're weak. Cause then when my focus is on there, I can actually focus on that and transcend that rather than lingering in stuff that's already happened. Like there's actually no point in that. It's just purely emotional payoff, <laughs> purely emotional juice. But if I always focus on the weaknesses, then I'm always, always growing and there's no um, less emotional juice, less emotional juice. I don't know. But, that's just, so can, this yeah. is very interesting. But can you feel the joy of achieving? Well, so this is the, by my view, nothing I do, nothing is an achievement. Everything is the grace of God. So there is nothing for me to um, be proud of. Um, if something, like even if some something, even if it's perceived as though something I did, really that was a gift because for me to have been able to do that was out of grace. It was like a higher power than my own willpower. So... There's, what if we are God? In a high sense, all that. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't, I view God as a part of me. Like yes. I am at one with the Creator, but I am not God, because if I was God, I would know everything. I would be omniscient. I'm not omniscient. I don't know everything. <laughs> so. I don't view myself as God in that sense. I view myself at one with God, at one with a creator, uh, but I don't view myself as having created myself because I can't uncreate myself. So I don't have that omniscient, um, omnip omnipotent power. Because uh, I, I think this is a sticky, icky one. <laughs> the we are God one. Because I, I, I went, I, I remember I went through that where I was like exploring that. And then I looked back at myself I'm like, Nick, you're a prick. <laughs> but then I realized what I, what I kind of, what I meant by that. Um, but then I also realized where I was wrong. I don't I think that's a sticky, icky one, a sticky, icky one. We are God. But like, cause that, that's a, you also mentioned the Catholicism and in religion, God is seen as um, transcendent. Whereas in like spirituality or any inward path, it's seen as imminent. So like present here with mm -hmm. us. But if I was God, I wouldn't have any problems. I would be in <laughs> beyond bliss, like, you know, <laughs> so, so as, as far as I'm concerned, there's still like a personal I, there's still a personal I, which, which means that I can't honestly say that I am God. So long as that I see that there is some sort of distinction between anything. So I see distinctions, which means I can't be God because God wouldn't, you know, it's just, there is only God. So that's why there's like a lot of stuff in that area. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like God is within, God is within and the, the presence of God. Is yes. I, that's what I believe but that we are part of. And then through our challenges, we find more of that within. Mm. Oh yeah. I, I love what you said about the, the I mean, I, that, as far as I'm, there's a really interesting one, which is like, a lot of people are into changing the world and like making it a better place. But if you actually think that through, 
in order to make the world a better place, you have to know its purpose. You have to understand the purpose of the world. Um, and as far as I understand, the purpose of the world is for evolution to, of learning, basically, to learn and return to that presence out of our own free will, out of our own free will, return to that, to that, un- that love, that unconditional love, presence, God, Brahman, omniscience, whatever it's called, that, that in essence of what we are, to return to that out of our own free will is the purpose of the world. And if you kind of, I don't know, if the world was a celestial realm, I like this one. If the world was supposed to be a celestial realm, if Earth was supposed to be a celestial realm, it would be. And if it's not, then, you know, who, 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 who am I to say it should be otherwise? Because <laughs> maybe this is what, what everyone needs, is to be able to choose from the worst possible and the best possible. Like, Earth is the only place where you can kind of choose to be Hitler or you can choose to be Mother Teresa. And if you didn't have that choice, then there would be no learning and there'd really be no merit as far as I see it in your choice. And as, as I understand it, that's the purpose of, of earth, which is, and seeing that helps me being like constant joy all the time. doesn't really matter what's going on because whatever's going on is for the highest benefit of everyone here because that's the purpose of earth. So even if it seems like some, if it seems like there's something bad going on, then immediately I can say, it just seems like that to me. It just seems like that. I just don't fully understand it. If I fully understood it, there'd only be peace and joy and happiness because I'd understand that's just what's the highest benefit. Um, yeah. But that, I think that's a difficult one because we've kind of moved. Um, I think it's transitioning a little bit, but right now, as I see it, God is kind of transitioned to science. Uh, God, science is God. <laughs> science is God. Science is truth because God is truth. As I, I see no distinction between God and truth. Um, but now it's kind of switched to science as truth. So if you can't explain something, it, it, it becomes, you're like, but why is it that way? But why is it that way? Sometimes there is no why. <laughs> Sometimes there's no why that can be explained or comprehended by the mind which is not something that, that, that science would like to hear. <laughs> it's not something, um, some, some do, but you know, but yeah, that was a yeah. side note. <laughs> yeah. And I suppose then everyone is living their truth. Yeah. And we've all got different truths, haven't we? Mm. Mm. And we know, and we learn more. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a cool one. Yeah. Journey of self-discovery and learning. Yeah. You never know. Like what this has been a really big one. Like the same, the same, you never know what the lesson is for someone. Like for someone, the lesson could be like in a relationship that's kind of has negatives in it. It could be to stay that relationship in spite of the negatives, right? For them, that could be the lesson for someone else. It could be to let go of that relationship. There's just no way to know. <laughs> um, so that, that's a really interesting one. You just never know what, the, what someone is there to learn, what someone needs to learn. Um, and the good thing is you don't have to know because it's all taken care of anyway. <laughs> it's all taken care of. Um, that's the cool one. But of course, the intellectual vanity wants to know, oh man, I've been there. I'm still there. <laughs> still, that's that's the big one to overcome. If I can transcend that one, all is well. All is well. Intellectual vanity. Um, 
but yeah that that's a cool one it that's that's a nice one um never know what someone has to learn so there's nothing to worry about just let it all be um and oh hitting rock bottom is really important for example like people trying to save others and i really i i like the one that we all have to hit bottom it's just that everyone's bottom is different like for some a bottom might be like I would notice that I was being a dick in, a, in, in like some, some area. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so that was my bottom. That was my bottom. But I've hit way deeper bottoms than that, you know. It's just that it, the bottom now is a bit higher, but it's still a bottom. Um, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I definitely. Because I believe that when you hit rock bottom, there's immense pain which allows your ego yeah. <laughs> to surrender to your higher self. So that's, and the challenge is, is being comfortable with your own pain. So then you can be comfortable with other people being in pain and allow them to learn their lessons rather than uh, trying to save them. Save them. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. Set. Cause that's the, yeah. I mean, if you actually see the purpose of earth, is to learn and to out of free will get to that state of unconditional love and beyond then it has to be a person's choice and you saving them actually it demerits that choice it takes away that responsibility um and now there's no benefit to that choice there's an interesting point of like court issued like aa meetings or something if someone you know court issuing something by force uh, is not going to have sustainable results because it has to be a choice. Like at the end of the day, everyone only chooses what they want. So it has, someone has to actually be driven, whatever that might be in how, whatever means to actually choose something out of their own free will, which means par paradoxically, if you want to change someone, the best way to change someone is to stop trying to change them. And then they'll try, they'll change automatically. And if they won't, you won't care either way. So <laughs> Uh, that's a that's a cool one i like that one yes perfect yeah it's loving them unconditionally yeah that's what it is Which yeah. i feel is our biggest lesson to learn and for me has been the most challenging one unconditional love mm. Mm. yeah that's a i mean yeah, what what else is there you know <laughs> if you got that one what else is there it's, mm. yeah loving people you know, it's all our, I call them healing angels. So the people that are horrible and mean and hard to us as well. So it's yeah. loving them unconditionally. Yeah, that's, that's a fun funny. one, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And loving people for, my dad's taught me unconditional love because I had to learn to love him um, with his depression. Mm. where the inner child in me always just wanted to fix him, heal him, make him better. But my journey was to learn to love him for that unconditionally. Mm. That's, that's, I can't change that. That's how it is. Being okay with that. Yeah. That's Take cool. A lot, of, a lot of years, a lot of money, a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think joy and unconditional love, the way I understand are literally the same thing, especially if you look at the map of consciousness, they're both at the same calibration, like 540. Like that's joy and unconditional love. Because when you're unconditionally loving, like when you are that, um, 
only joy is possible. Like if someone stabs you, like to the point, to the to the point, to the extreme point where if someone stabs you, like literally or figuratively, you can you there's not not even any forgiveness in it because you see that it's all out of intrinsic innocence. Like the inner inner child that just doesn't know any better. Um and, and then there's only joy. So <laughs> which sounds strange to you. I was like, oh, okay, can you but I, I think it's very like an achievable thing um to be if, if that's what someone wants to be able to just be unconditionally loving which means <laughs> no matter what but that also means that you're joyous no matter what because it doesn't matter what happens that's no, fine oh you killed that person okay what what now <laughs> you know like <laughs> i'm talking to the extremes but i love these extremes they're good i like the extremes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well it's um yeah, that's that's where I I look at learning to respond rather than react to life. Mm. Because then when you're responding, you're not yeah, you're not taking it all on. Mm. It just is what it is. And it's okay. And you don't have to make it mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and when you respond you're you're in that kind of watcher i mean that's how i experience it you're you're just kind of watching it arise rather than trying and not doing anything about it which mm. which is really interestingly the easiest thing to do but also the hardest <laughs> yeah. the easiest and the hardest thing to do yeah just yeah. be with stuff as it is without trying to change it yeah yeah and this is where the slowing in the brain is so powerful because then you can start to s slow down your reaction to things Oh, this is interesting. I wonder what this is here to teach me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's mm. it. I think that's a really powerful way to give everything meaning. As far as I can see, it's one of the highest ways is just to see if you see genuinely see everything as a teacher for unconditional love, then like there's nothing that like even something maybe that perceived is perceived as painful by giving it that like deeper meaning it loses its pain and it becomes like a channel for, for your growth or into unconditional love or actually more accurately letting go of the stuff that isn't unconditional love within you. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, as far as I can see it, if you genuinely see everything as a, as a, cause I, I, so I thought working with psyche, I originally thought you just have to like, just do a couple of um, like that. You just have to keep working through all the limiting beliefs and, but then what kind of came to came up from that was you also kind of needed some sort of compass to know which way was up and which way was down, like not just believe anything, but actually go in alignment with truth, which is where like the map of consciousness and surrender comes in and learning to how to like give things meaning is actually quite powerful tool as well. Um, Cause then you can just, you can decide how to give things Cause I remember I would be like, what, what does this, what does this dream mean to me? But now it's really easy to see what a dream means. Cause it's obvious that what it's whatever it means to me. <laughs> so I would ask myself a question. <laughs> okay. What does the ego think of this? What does the ego think of this dream? And I was outraged by that. It's outraged by that. Okay. So that's the meaning. <laughs> that's the meaning. So it's a lot easier now. Whereas before I was like, what, what does this mean to me? And I was trying to like, look for outside answers like external answers you know like books with meaning but really it's all inner it's all inner yes 
So it's very easy to give things meaning. You just give them whatever meaning you want. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's how I see it now. Yeah. And I think sometimes whatever gives you peace. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But lo long lasting peace only comes from truth. So peace and truth are aligned because you can't be at peace so long as there's like any sort of doubt or like agitation or, or judgment or I mean, when you see the whole picture, the way I see like when you see the whole picture, there's nothing left but peace. There's no need to judge anything because you understand everything. So <laughs> there's only peace. <laughs> so peace is only possible when in like right understanding truth will set you free. That's the simple one. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a cool one. Okay, well, so for the last part, um, mm -hmm. can we give listeners what's your? So let's stick to the guilt and joy. Mm. What's like one tip, or from your own experiences, to kind of move from guilt, maybe become aware of it. So maybe some insight to help be more gentle with with ourselves to actually become aware of that guilt and then maybe to help shift it to joy. What would be, would you have anything to say to that? Yeah. Well, sure. it's loving it to the light. Ooh. So what do I feel guilty about here? Oh, it's more time for me because I have to be about everybody else. And then sitting with that guilt and you can actually allow it just to move through the body and then it just becomes love or if that takes a while because the body has a judgment around it, it's just noticing the guilt. It's okay. It's there and still making that decision that you need to make. Uh, I just had a session this morning with a beautiful client. That's a mum and a business owner and everything. And, you know, there's so much guilt there for mums around, you know, having time for themselves, you know, what they really want to do. And, and so guilt always comes up and I say, it's okay. You're going to have guilt. Be okay with it, but still make that decision to start to move forward to for what you need. Because at the end of the day, all your children want is you to be happy. <laughs> and a happy mum, well, what a happy household, you know? And so it's just, yeah, it's 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 okay. It's gonna be there, but it's still not letting it paralyze you from making decisions to move forward. Mm. And so that's just as simple as it conscious decision yes and slowing down because <laughs> <laughs> when we're busy we just create more guilt in our body because when we're busy we're letting everyone else we're letting everyone down and mostly ourselves so it just keeps us feeling guilty constantly so the more we're able to slow down the more we can have conscious awareness and then start to make different choices because mm. i believe life's meant to be fun and easy <laughs> that's what my whole journey is about is being more fun and easy on myself being kinder to myself because mm. i found that my suffering only ever came from me putting so much pressure on myself mm. my ego wanting it to go this way when my higher self's like no go this way it's much more easier <laughs> and but i'm like no it's got to be hard so it's just um yeah starting to slow down really and be present. Oh my God. Yeah. That's what I'm learning <laughs> to be present because <laughs> when you're truly present, you can only, you, you, you are in joy because you're not thinking. Mm. 
and you're in that beautiful state that you explained about um what was it this this did you call it the stick yeah stick where have it stick where stick <laughs> i don't know i picked up the stick this is a stick oh, i found yeah. a stick once and i tried to break it for the fire but instead it broke the chair i was trying to break it with so i painted it and made it into my dance stick that's now my dance stick and it's even got like an australian little feather how cool is that yellow and green <laughs> yeah that's wonderful just be yeah when we're not thinking <laughs> we're not that's thinking. the key to life being present and not thinking easier said than done but not guilting about any thoughts that come up ah yeah, just go, oh, there it is. Hmm. <laughs> there it is, there it is. Yeah, yeah. and coming yeah, back to the present. Cool. Well, thank you for this lovely podcast session. What a great way to kick it back up. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Nick. I really enjoyed <laughs> that. That was fun. Very deep. I love deep. Okay. And listeners, um, Melanie, is there, if they want to learn more about you, just go to your website? Yes, uh, successonpurpose.net.au. .net yeah, feel free to get in contact. There's a contact form. You can put in your details. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. It'd be wonderful. <laughs> okay, and thank you for listening. Uh, go to the Facebook page if you want to stay updated with the latest stuff, Joyfulness Broadcast, I think. Instagram, Joyfulness Broadcast, post some cool stuff there. And yeah, you can find us on all the podcasting stations. Just type in Joyfulness Broadcast. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye.